0: Hello, hello. Welcome to The VHive, your go-to podcast for all things women's intimate health. I'm your host Hannah, here to discuss the many questions you've always had about your body but never wanted to ask. Whether it relates to sex, chronic pain, trauma, relationships, healing, hormones, spirituality and so much more, we are normalizing taboos, breaking down the complexities of the female body and providing you with the information you need to take your health into your own hands. Okay, you guys, before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about my new favorite product that I have been using every single night before bed. It is unbelievable. It's a magnesium supplement called Electrolyte Balance. Basically, it's a bottle of liquid and you pour only two teaspoons of it in a glass of water at night and it makes this magnesium drink that works wonders. A few of the benefits that I have noticed, when I say noticed, I mean this is literally the only supplement where I've seen immediate results. So my sleep is amazing. It helps me fall asleep fast and stay asleep, which is great. It also helps with digestion. Oh my God. In the morning, the systems are working beautifully to say the least. And muscle relaxation is another big one. I definitely feel relaxed and calm and I cannot even tell you how amazing this magnesium is and you don't need to take it at night you could take it after a workout you could take it in the morning you know really whenever your body needs magnesium but i love to take it at night okay so you may be wondering what is different about this magnesium supplement than all of the other magnesium supplements that exist well it is something quite important electrolyte balance is a combination of magnesium and calcium bicarbonate These are complex hydrated electrolyte salts that exist only in water under very specific conditions. So what that means is that most of the water we drink lacks these minerals and the magnesium powder and tablet supplements are not in bicarbonate form. So they are not bioavailable, which means they are basically useless to your body. According to Mount Sinai, 90% of Americans have a magnesium deficiency. This magnesium bicarbonate replenishes the body's magnesium reserves and provides the body with electrolyte salts, which reduce insomnia, headaches, and inflammation and helps with memory, focus, and relaxation. I cannot recommend this product enough. I wouldn't be sharing it with you all if I didn't fully believe in it and see the benefits from it myself. So all of the VHive listeners can receive 10% off their order of electrolyte balance by using the code THEVHIVE at checkout. On www.livepristine.com. That's spelled L-I-V-E-P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E.com. Two quick things I want to mention. When you go to this website, scroll down and you will see the Electrolyte Balance bottle. That is the product you want to click on. Also, the shipping is expensive, so my recommendation would be to order a six pack of the bottles. That's what I did. This way, you will save money on future shipping fees when you want to go reorder a second bottle, and those six bottles will probably last you up to a year. So that is my tip, and I hope you all love this product as much as I do. Please let me know what you think, and without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. hello everyone happy wednesday i am excited to be back with a new episode that i have been waiting to share with you guys for a while it is a really good one i promise so in this episode i am joined by liana Joan. she is the creator and host of hello and goodbye a podcast about the realities of modern day dating the courage of vulnerability and the commitment to unapologetic authenticity After her divorce in 2016, Leanna dove deep into her anxious attachment style in order to become the healthiest version of herself so that she could actually start attracting healthy relationships. She openly shares this journey in order to help other women who are going through the same struggles. We discuss everything in this episode from navigating the modern day dating world to learning how to trust your intuition to healing from pelvic pain and so much more. Liana also shares with us several eye-opening stories from her own dating life and personal growth journey that I truly believe everyone listening will be able to take something tangible away from. She is full of insights, stories, such a wealth of knowledge, so can't wait for y'all to hear it. Hi, Leanna. I am so excited to have you here, and I'm glad we're finally doing this. I was a guest on your podcast a few months back, so thank you for being here today. Yeah, likewise. I
1: that you came on
0: our show and I'm so excited to be on your show. Thank you you're so sweet and I felt the same way about you so this is fun and it's like sometimes I always say like social media is like such a blessing and a curse because sometimes I hate it and I want nothing to do with it and I sometimes <laughs> I meet really cool people so yeah I know. oh my god it's crazy but tell everyone listening more about who you are, your age, where you live, and really, like, I I mean, I want to talk all about your podcast and everything else you do, but what led you to become so interested in, like, dating and self-love and vulnerability, relationships, personal growth, all of that? Because I feel like that's really what you talk about a lot on your podcast and just, like, life in general.
1: Absolutely. So, I I appreciate that. Um, So, I'm 34, I live in Redlands, California, which is a small town in the Inland Empire, but it's, like, a super cute town. Um, And I was born and raised here. I left for college, and then I ended up coming back. I have, like, four jobs, so I'm, like, the epitome of an entrepreneur, and I love it. It always keeps me busy. So I so a little bit, like jumping into my story just a little bit of how I got into dating and relationships is I was married in my 20s. I got married at 21 and I was married for eight and a half years. Um, and the divorce was really painful. It was a really traumatic experience to go through. And, you know, my ex-husband was my first boyfriend mm-hmm. ever, I never really dated before him. And so after I got divorced, I was like thrown into the world of millennial dating (laughs) and like online dating and hookup culture. And it just like was shocking. Mm -hmm. And I was in a place where I should not have been dating. I was still healing and just kind of like trying to survive, but I so wanted love, like, I wanted someone to love me, and so I jumped into dating almost immediately um, and just had experience after experience of fuckboys and people hurting me and feeling like I was always the one getting hurt, like, I would, like, so easily and then they would abandon me and I'm like what am I doing wrong is this me and so it took me about three years to really start to find my voice and then I became really passionate about being an advocate for healthy dating and even like just ethical dating because ghosting and not up front with people is like just wrong Mm -hmm. like it's just wrong and you know obviously not everybody's going to agree with that and there are instances where ghosting is completely okay if you're in an unsafe situation but um you know I just think it's really not that hard to be up front with someone and to let them know you're not feeling it I 100% agree yeah and like to not use people for sex you know like it's just it's just to me, it's, like, a no-brainer of, like, stop using people for something that you're missing. Like, just be honest and, like, you know, to be, um, like, a little uh, crass, like, just masturbate more. You yeah. know, like, you know, like, so um, So anyway, I started to find my voice, and but I would still find myself really, like, being attached to guys way more than I should have been way too soon and the same thing kind of happening and on the other spectrum the guys that were really really interested in me I would like run far away from Mm -hmm. like as fast as I could um and so I was like you know I just had all of these stories and all of this content that I had been sitting on and I'm like what do I do with this because I want to help others who are going through the same thing both men and women you know obviously more women because that's I'm a woman and so I can relate to that a little bit more but so I was at a physical therapy appointment and I just he was kind of like I, I always say like I was cheating on my therapist with him Um, and I was just talking for 45 minutes about this crazy experience that I had and he's like you know you should have a podcast. He's like, You just spent 45 minutes. <laughs> like, it was super entertaining. He's like, And honestly, like, when he said that, because it had been something I was thinking about, I was just like, Yeah, mm-hmm. like, I'm going to do it. And so, within a month's time, I came up with the name. I found a producer. I got the music made. I had a photo shoot and I did it. And, um, and it's just been this really great experience of, Being able to share my story and, you know, my co-host Jared and I, we always say we're just two real people who have no idea what we're doing in life, had no idea how to date and we're navigating it just the same as everybody else and we're being like authentic and vulnerable about it.
0: Yeah. No, you guys are so good together. I love Jared too.
1: I know. (laughs) I know. You were like, Jared,
0: come on the podcast. Oh, I know. Like, I tried to get him to come on this. Oh, my God. Wait, he's not here. That's really sad. I just realized that. I know. Oh, my I know. God. He's,
1: he's such a great, you know, it's interesting because he started out as, like, just, like, a sidekick, and we didn't know if he was going to stick around. And, you know, he's been my friend forever, and so we didn't want it to, like, ruin our friendship, like, if it didn't work out. But he's ended up being such an important part of the show and like my other half and people just love him so now he's like my co-host which is super cool well
0: i also think like it's so refreshing and interesting to have a guy's perspective like even though your as you said your focus is kind of like geared towards women not entirely but like a little bit more just because that's obviously where you're coming from and where you have the most experience i feel like it's so cool that you have a guy there to kind of just, like, bounce all of your thoughts and ideas off, and he gives his opinion, and I just think it's, like, a really good dynamic between the two of you.
1: Absolutely. It, and it's. I think we both have learned so much from each other. Like, you know, all things, like, yeah, when I'm walking at nighttime, I have my keys in my hand because I don't know, like, I'm always prepared. And he'll be like, wow, I have male privilege. Like, I've right. never even thought about that and there's experiences that we can kind of talk about more of this today but there's experiences where I found myself in situations where I didn't feel safe and you know and he's like I've never he's like so grateful to hear about those experiences because it's so eye-opening mm-hmm. and then on the other hand you know he's a very sensitive vulnerable guy And it's really nice to hear his perspective on what he experiences and kind of his struggles as a guy in the dating world and, like, the expectation on him. Like, he's 40, never been married, never have kids. And, like, that's kind of a stigma in our culture. Like, oh, well, he's not marriage material then. He looks
0: so much younger than 40.
1: I know. I know. He looks great for his age.
0: I never would have guessed that.
1: I know isn't that
0: crazy crazy for those who haven't listened to your podcast i feel like it would be interesting for you to maybe tell a story that you've told or like give a few examples of more specific things that you talk about i want people to hear kind of what what your podcast is like and i know you have so many good stories so i feel like it would be interesting to share one or two of them here oh you're
1: so sweet (laughs) thank you so much -hmm. um okay so you know one of the first stories that i tell on my podcast i think it's in my first episode actually is so not even a year after my divorce i did some online dating and i was just all about just needing love i wanted someone to love me and so i was willing to just like do whatever i needed to do for that to happen and I ended up meeting this guy online and we met in person at Coffee First and like I immediately felt like a chemistry, and attraction to him. We had like great conversation and I left thinking like, oh my gosh, I like really like this guy. Like I could see myself like with him, you know, I was like really excited about it. And we had planned... To go like to hang out on Friday night and like I was at the point where I was like going shopping for new clothes just for dates like it was it was wild and so I had like this new outfit and he was gonna pick me up and take me on like a motorcycle ride because I'd never been on one and we we're gonna go grab food and like I got ghosted that night like he didn't he didn't show up wow. he didn't text me he didn't call and I was like so bummed about it. And then the next morning I heard from him and he was like, hey, I'm so sorry. I was studying cause he was in med school for a, being a plastic surgeon which should have been my first red flag. Hashtag not all plastic surgeons. Um, <sighs> but <laughs> So anyway, he apologized and he was like, I wanna make it up to you tonight. Uh, let's you know I want to take you out to dinner and so at that time I was so forgiving because I just like wanted to see him and I think now if that happened I would be like no yeah, like you no that's like completely inappropriate because what he could have done is sent me a text hey I am so sorry like I am studying I think I just need to keep studying I'm going to fall asleep here can I text you tomorrow and we'll reschedule? That's yeah. what should have happened. I agree. So the following day, then I looked forward to the date all day long, like all day long. And he was supposed to come at 7. So then 7 goes by, 8 goes by, and I'm like, this motherfucker is ghosting me again. Well, he, I finally hear from him at 8.30, and he's like, hey, I'm so sorry. I I was at this Plastic surgery conference all day. I ended up at someone's house. We're having dinner. And so I'm like, oh, okay. So we're not going to dinner. And he's like, I promise I'm coming. Like, I'll be there soon. So then, like, nine o'clock comes, 10 o'clock comes. It's like 11 p.m. now. And at this point, what I should have done is been like, bye. Like, this is over. Yeah, like, I'm going to sleep
0: nice knowing you.
1: Right, but like, my self-worth was so low. And so I let him come at 11 p.m. And he showed up, and I I did like lecture him a little bit. Like, he sat down and I said, hey, this isn't cool.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, I, I wanna see you, and that's why you're inside my apartment right now. But like, what you did is really rude. And I just kind of wanted to see, like, his reaction, and he was super apologetic, and he was like, I really, like, I'm so sorry, I should have gotten here sooner, like, all this stuff, and so again, like, I was like, okay, cool, now we're good, right? So, then we start making out, and we, like, go to my bedroom, and I didn't want to sleep with him, but I did anyway, because I wanted him to, to you know... I wanted to feel that connection he slept over didn't cuddle with me at all um in the morning got up immediately and went home like didn't have coffee with me like didn't say when i was going to see him again he was like i gotta go work out now and so i was like fuck like i just slept with this person and i knew all along that i shouldn't have and now I'm going to have this anxiety because I know I'm not going to hear from him and he's not going to give me the reassurance that I need.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So I reached out to him a couple, a couple days later and I said, hey, listen, like, are we going to plan something? Like, are we going to put a date on the book? Because that would really make me feel better. And he's like, I don't plan. I can't do that.
0: <gasps> and Oh, this guy sucks.
1: Oh, he's the worst. He was the worst. It gets worse. I'll try, I'll try and, I'll try and like wrap this up here. But essentially what happened is I finally found the courage and I was like, you know what? Like, this isn't for me. If you're not gonna like make the time for me, I said, were you ever planning on dating me? And he was like, honestly, like, I don't have time to date. I don't have the resources or the finances to date. Like, I'm just looking for like essentially a fuck buddy. And I was like well I wish you would have told me that from the beginning because right. when we first met you told me you were looking for a relationship and so I canceled him and he said he's like fine you know do whatever you want he's like but can I give you a piece of advice you know to help you out and I was like what What?" Um, I was like Okay, Like, I was just kind of curious. Like, I'm like, did, was I not good in bed? Like, was my breath smelling bad? Like, was I not a good kisser? Like, what is this advice? And he was like, you should change your laugh.
0: What? It's too
1: loud. He's like, it's too loud and not feminine enough. Change your laugh and you'll be a 10 and you can get any guy you want.
0: Oh, my God. I hate this guy. I'm, like, so upset about this.
1: I know. And I, I just like, I just laughed at it. Like, I'm like, what? Like, who are you to tell someone to change what makes them them? Like, it's the essence of who I am. Is my laugh loud? Am I a loud person? Absolutely, but that makes me me. And, you know, he was, I, he was also like, oh my gosh, you're gonna die. He was like, you also need to soften your orgasm. Oh my God. He's like it was just too loud, and you know it wasn't very feminine.
0: (laughs) Oh my god, this guy is horrible. So, what did you end up saying to him? So I
1: just said, I just said, "Ha ha, thanks for the input." Because at this point, I'm like, this guy's a narcissistic person. Like, there is no, there is no, like. If I were to get mad and stick up for myself, and you know, that would just feed into what he was trying to get me to do.
0: Yeah, 100%. Yeah,
1: so I was just like, hey, thanks for your input. Have a great life. And he, and he was like, well, are you still interested in seeing me? Oh, no. And I said, no, I said, not at all. And he goes, well, when you change your mind, I'll be here.
0: Ugh, but you realize that you would never want to be with someone like that. And I would never. put a lot of money on the fact that you weren't, like, attracted to that type of person ever again.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And and in the end...
0: It's traumatizing. Know,
1: it's very traumatizing to sleep with someone you don't want to sleep with just to, like, get them to like you. And then they tell you, you know, essentially that they that's all they want from you and that you need to change this thing about yourself. And, you know, he did hit me up a couple more times, and I just didn't even respond. But, like, the audacity for him to say those things to me, to continue to, like, just like to expect that I would hear that and be like, oh, my gosh, he's my savior. I'm so thankful well, for this advice. This is going to change my life, and then he's going to love me for it
0: as you said he's a narcissist the narcissists don't think like we do not narcissists like their brains yeah. like i i dated a narcissist and it's like no message that you try yeah. and convey in like normal human language will get across to them like they just don't process things like a rational person does which you Absolutely. obviously realize i have a question Cause I feel like this is really common. Like I feel, I mean, I don't want to say really common, but I feel like it's common enough that I bet a decent amount of people listening have experienced something similar. Like looking back on the situation, what would your advice be to someone who is currently experiencing this or who will perhaps experience this in the future?
1: Yeah. I love that question so much. So You know, I think there has to be a lot of work that's being done on yourself to get to a point where you feel confident enough in yourself and your worth that you won't put up with half of this, like all of it that I put up with. Um, so I think, you know, I'm big into attachment theory and, you know, working through anxious attachment, avoidant attachment. Um... And I'm also big on, like, learning how to be assertive, to voice your objections, to stand up for yourself. You know, we talk about this on our podcast all the time. women are, we are trained to not hurt a man's ego. Mm -hmm. Like, we're, that's how we're brought up. Like, if you're going to reject him, you have to do it in the nicest way. And you almost have to make him feel like it's his idea. And obviously, this is not always the case, but I found, I found myself in multiple situations, including one that has led to my pelvic pain, where I rejected the person, but I felt the need to compliment them when I rejected them. I felt the need to make them feel like I wasn't rejecting them, that it was actually me And so I think there just has to be so much self-work to to find that security in yourself. Like you're a secure person. You know what you deserve. You live your life in the way that um, feeds into that worth. And you become assertive to stand up for yourself against this behavior. And so what I would say is like, First night that he ghosted me and he didn't show up. That should have been a deal breaker. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I I didn't know this person. I had one coffee date, and for someone to be that inconsiderate and rude, like that, cut him off. Yeah. you know, and for for people who maybe it's not that black and white, or they're in a relationship with someone, or they've been dating someone a lot like this, what I would say is practice getting to the point where you're voicing what you need like hey listen when you do this it makes me feel this way and it's not fair to me and then see how their reaction is it's all about like oh what's the word i'm looking for oh um it's all about collecting data right you're collecting data about a person when you're dating or in a relationship That's such a good point. Yeah, if ultimately this person is bringing you data that, like, makes you feel like shit about yourself or that makes you realize, like, you deserve more, then what you have to do is you have to work on the confidence to walk away from that situation.
0: Mm -hmm. I also think, and I I don't know if you'll agree or disagree with this, but I just it's hard to make like a completely blanket statement, but I think that I, at least I feel like people don't really fundamentally change. Like people can change certain things about them. And yeah, obviously when you're in a relationship with someone, like it's important to express things that bother you and people can like work on certain things and improve a hundred percent, but like fundamentally the characteristics of who you are as a person, those things will not change. And I feel like, you know, going back to your the story you just told, like, at least you and I, I, I just know it's our nature to try and see the good in people. And so you wanted to believe, and, like, I've done this so many times, too. You wanted to believe that that, that man was a good man and would change. Yeah. And, like, next time. And it was just a fluke. And, like, he really, it was an honest mistake. And he would be different next time. But the reality was, which you probably knew from the very beginning was that this was who he is. He was never going to change. And like, I think that's also a big part of it for people listening is that like, if something happens like that on the first date and they don't treat you well the first date, like they just don't show up. I'm sorry. Like, that's never going to get better. I agree. You know?
1: Yeah. One of my favorite quotes is when people show you who they are,
0: believe them exactly I love that that's yeah I 100% agree with that like like don't try and think that oh like don't don't make up excuses for them like if they don't show up for the first date that is a big red flag of who they are as a person and expect better for yourself you know like you should have higher standards that you Want to be with you? Will be with someone who shows up on time for your first date. Like, and again, people aren't perfect. People make mistakes, but those are kind of like the basic things I feel like of dating.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, one more thing on this. Yeah, is I think it's also really important to listen to your gut instinct. Yes. Every time I've had a gut instinct about someone and I haven't listened to it, it's led to traumatic situations, um, or like just situations that I just, I realized I didn't like the person. I should have never gone on a date with them. Um, and so I think it's really important. Our gut, our gut is like such a valuable part and it's actually connected to our brain. And it's like, if we listen to it, like it will tell us what to do. Mm
0: -hmm. yeah no I completely agree and I think that that's something that a lot of people have trouble with like I I know how important it it is but it's still something I have trouble with sometimes and I think that's always a work in progress I'm curious how you have gotten better I guess throughout your experiences and life and whatever just learning how to trust your gut instincts because it's really hard honestly
1: it is so hard
0: it's like we all know we all know it but we kind of want to ignore it when we want something else
1: absolutely you know I think that I think that I've learned a lot through the dating app of trusting my gut um you you know so that would be a good and honestly like dating apps for those who are dating like dating apps is a great way to practice assertiveness figuring out what you deserve, trusting your gut, because I can tell within three sentences if this person is going to be someone who's going to show up and value me or not. Mm -hmm. You know, how they show up to the conversation, if they're engaged, if they're asking you questions, if they're using full sentences and capital letters and not using things like nah and bruh, and yeah and th- you know things like just like bro language like you're gonna if they're not using that you're gonna just get someone who's a little bit more um, present and like it wants to be there and maybe more available and so what I would say is like when you're having a conversation with someone or even when you meet someone in person and you're realizing like this conversation isn't like this person has some red flags um you know or like i just i feel like i'm kind of doing the work here like i'm giving more than they are i think that's part of the gut is just listening to like what are things that this person is doing that you know you deserve better on
0: for sure yeah uh, You know,
1: and, you know, I've gotten to the point now where I'll start talking with someone and maybe the conversation's going really well, but then something happens that kind of the conversation takes a little bit of a turn, and I'm like, you know what? I no longer feel like this is maybe a good place to go, Mm -hmm. and I've cut the conversation off. I don't even meet meet the person, I don't do FaceTime anymore, because our our time and our energy is so valuable and ultimately if what you want is a secure relationship then you have to cut off all relationships that don't um what's the word i'm looking for that don't reflect that like desire
0: right i'm just curious like about dating culture during covid
1: yeah you know it's a really interesting topic and i think everybody has a different opinion on it i really don't think there's a right or wrong except for if you're not being safe about covid and then you're going and seeing your grandma you know like obviously don't be stupid but um so i i personally even before covid i always jumped on a FaceTime call that's so interesting Yeah, because I don't want to waste my time.
0: Right. No, I love that.
1: And I, you know, for years, I found myself showing up to these dates. We've been texting, having great conversations for a week, two weeks, and I show up to a date and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I know in the first four minutes Mm -hmm. that this person is not for me. And then I've wasted my time and energy into someone that I shouldn't have. Yeah, And so I'm, but I, you know, I'm also like, I'm very aware, like I'm a very bold personality. I say what I want. I say what I need. And so like a lot of people are, a lot of other women maybe don't, can't relate to that. And that's okay. There's no shame in that. Like there's no, there's no, like there's no right or wrong way to do it. If you want to text the person for a month and then finally meet them like, great, like, do that, and, and if you meet them and it doesn't work out, like, it doesn't work out, just let them know, just be like, you can even text them if you don't feel comfortable doing it in person, just like, hey, I really enjoyed meeting you, you know, I think I'm just going to go a different direction, yeah, but with, with COVID, you know, obviously, the safer thing to do is to do the, the FaceTime, and what's great about, I only use Bumble and Hinge, but what's great about them is they have a video chat feature oh, in Oh, wow. The app. I didn't know that. Yeah, so you don't even have to give your phone number out.
0: Oh, that's so cool.
1: Yeah, so what I'll do is, like, if they don't initiate it, I'll just be like, hey, like, we'll be talking for, like, you know, 30 minutes back and forth. If I find, like, I kind of like this person, I like our banter, I'll be like, hey, do you want to, like, just jump on a FaceTime call later today and we can there's chemistry and they're like i would say nine times out of ten they're totally on board with it wow is it a little awkward yeah of course but first dates are also awkward i know you know like so awkward i
0: hate first dates that's actually so interesting that you can facetime with them on the app without giving them your number i didn't know that i feel like that's a really smart feature because it's so annoying to have all these numbers of random people
1: like the number of the number of contacts that I've deleted. That's like Brad Hinge, uh, <laughs> Cody Bumble. Um, like, <laughs>
0: oh my so god! Funny. Oh my god, that is so funny. I want you to talk a little bit about your experience with pelvic pain because I know from you know your podcast and our previous conversations, and you even just briefly mentioned before that you have your own experience with pelvic pain. Um. And so most people listening know that that was kind of the main focus of this podcast for a while. It's not like entirely anymore, but still a really important topic. Um, and something I care a lot about. So in as much or as little detail as you want, like just kind of briefly tell us, like, I don't know, you mentioned it was related to some dating experience. So I'm curious to hear more about that. Yeah.
1: So, um, so I want to say first, I am going to talk about a situation that may trigger someone who has experienced, um, sexual abuse, so, you know, if you need to skip ahead, like, I would recommend that, um, and then Hannah, like, whatever you need to cut out, and I'll try and be as, um, kind of vague with the details as possible, but feel free to cut out any of the conversation that we have that you feel may be too much of a trigger for people listening. Okay. Um, so this is actually, like, a good segue of, I had, I woke up one morning, A random text from a number that I didn't know. And it was like in a different language. And I just responded, Hey, I'm so sorry. I think you have the wrong number. And he responded again. He's like, Is this so and so? And I said, Nope. And then he laughed because he had gotten like a number wrong, like one number wrong in the number or something. So then we started chatting, and it turns out he was like the same age as me, he was single. He lived uh, just an hour away from me. And we ended up, like, talking almost all day. And we talked about, like, meeting up, like, later in the week. Well, he texted me later and he was like, hey, listen, I'm getting off early tonight. Do you want me to just drive out tonight? We can go on a date tonight. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Like, better to find out if there's chemistry now than, like, later down the week. But... I had a gut feeling. I just, I had, like that day, I had crazy anxiety. I felt sick to my stomach. I couldn't eat. And I just, I just had a feeling that I shouldn't go on this date. But I was second guessing that and thinking like, I'm just feeling anxious because I don't know what's going to happen. And I literally never done this, but for some reason I drove, like, I could walk downtown easy, but I drove and parked my car somewhere else because I didn't want him to come to my apartment. Mm-hmm. And I've never done that before.
0: And Wait, so you mean, so like, I met- so you had to, like, drive home instead of him driving you home or something? Correct. Mm-hmm. Got yeah. it. Okay.
1: So... So I parked my car and, like, like for instance, like, if he walked me to my car, like, if he wanted to walk me to oh, my car. Oh, I right? understand
0: what you're saying. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I ended up meeting him at this restaurant and within two minutes, like, decided, like, this was not the person for me. There was no chemistry. I wasn't attracted to him. And I will say sometimes that does change. So, like, I want to say, like, it's not always. Like, sometimes you can build attraction. You can build chemistry. But I feel like it
0: goes back to the gut feeling as well. Like, you could not be 100% attracted, but if your gut is like, oh, this person's interesting and seems genuine, like, that's different.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So the gut feeling was there. I wasn't attracted to him. And I hadn't eaten all day, Mm -hmm. right, because I'm feeling anxious. So, um, but I was like, I felt bad. He had driven an hour. And this is kind of, like, the stage where I felt like I owed it to this person because they had come out and spent all this, like, energy to come see me. And so I owed it to him, this is what I'm telling myself, to have dinner with him. And I had two glasses of wine, and I was wasted. Like, I just, I got, like, super, like, um, drunk because I hadn't eaten anything, and I had ordered a salad at dinner, and um, and then afterwards, I said, you know, after dinner, of course, he paid, so then I felt worse, he was like, hey, well, let's go to another bar, and I said, "I, you know, I'm really tired, I think I'm just going to go home, and he was like, oh, come on, like, have one more drink with me, so we went to another bar, and I had another drink, I had, like, a vodka soda, and then I was, like, more drunk. But then I'm like, okay, well, I, you know, once this is over, like, I'll just go home. Like, and I don't have to see him again. And because I can walk home, you know, I don't have, I can just leave my car where I parked it. I can just walk home. So we were getting ready to leave and he said, well, let me drive you home. I said, no, no, no. I said, don't worry about it. I'm just going to walk. And he said, I insist, let me drive you home. I'm not going to make you walk. And I just felt pressure to like get in his car to like have him drive me home and so I got in his car and he drove me home and we were parked and I said okay well you know thank you so much like I'm gonna go inside now and he like like leaned over and started kissing me and he was like by the way he's like the worst kisser one of the worst kissers I've ever kissed and um just like tried to be all over me and I stopped it and I said you know I, I'm really tired like I need to go inside um, and he, I was like are you getting a hotel or are you driving home like are you safe to drive and he was like oh yeah he's like I'm fine he's like but before I drive home can I come use your bathroom oh no and, and so then I'm like well I'm not going to like say no like I'm not going to be like just go to a gas station and you know, use bathroom there. And so I very uncomfortably let him come inside and use my bathroom. And then it was just like a half an hour of, well, well, I just want to like snuggle with you a little bit, or can we just make out a little bit more? And I kept saying, Hey, like, I really need to go to bed. Like, no. And he kept like trying to make moves. And I was like, no. And then it just got to a point, Hannah, where I was exhausted I was really drunk I was tired of saying no and I found myself like on my back Um, he had essentially just um, without going into a lot of detail he took my consent from me Mm -hmm. and I had begged him not to before it happened he wasn't wearing a condom um whew, gosh, it's hard to talk about this, but um and I remember just laying there and thinking like I don't want him to I don't want him to see I I'm going to be strong. Like he's not going to see me cry over this. Like I'm like I'm not going to let him take my like self-worth.
0: Yeah. Mhm.
1: And so, finally, you know, he left. And I remember waking up in the middle of the night uh, with a panic attack. Um, And I, in the next few days, ended up with the worst UTI of my entire life. Um, I went on medication. It didn't help. The medication gave me bacterial vaginosis, and I found myself in the emergency room, like, a couple times with really intense pelvic pain. They didn't know what was going on. They were just like, you have BV, like, you're fine. You'll get over it, and for the next three years, I found myself going back and forth between bacterial vaginosis, yeast infections, UTIs, chronic pelvic pain. I mean, I could not go a day without being in pain, without thinking about my pain, feeling like I like never want to have sex with anyone again. Um, reliving the trauma, like doing therapy and kind of working through it, and doing like some tapping methods and um, like thousands of dollars trying to visit specialists and trying to work through the trauma and like get the right underwear and the all the yeast infection and then trying the the natural way and then that didn't work and then being on diflucon for six months and then trying um flagell for three months and just my my gut was horrible i was having horrible like digestive issues the infections wouldn't go away and I eventually started working with actually I'm going to stop there (laughs) before I go into like before I go into like how I recovered from that. Um, but, but yeah, that's kind of like the story of how it started. Oh, well,
0: I'm sorry that that happened first of all, because that is very traumatic um, and appreciate you sharing and being so vulnerable. Um, I mean, it's unfortunate that pelvic pain is so common, but I think that like this is really like women who have experienced physical trauma among amongst emotional trauma, really often it manifests as pelvic pain. And I mean, as you obviously know, it's hard to figure out like that it is pelvic like it takes a while to figure out like what it is and what to do about it um which is why I'm so passionate about talking about these things but I guess yeah like if you could just briefly tell like what you know where you are now and what kind of got you to to being here and, and in a better place
1: yeah yeah so it so I will say I'm like so much better now I finally have gotten to a place where um I'm not thinking about my pain as much I found a holistic person who did just a bunch of muscle testing with me we tapped through some of the trauma she tested like what medications I need to be on how long I need to be on them um I tried I got to the point where I wasn't having bb anymore but I was having chronic yeast and so it was just itchy and uncomfortable all the time and it was it would trigger my bladder spasms and so I actually I joined a group on Facebook called Be Fresh Bade I think and I got some really great um advice on how to deal with yeast in a natural way and So, you know, I did, and obviously, like, I would do a lot of research before trying this, but I started doing hydrogen peroxide douching, Mm -hmm. and I did that for, like, 14 days, and then I followed it with boric acid suppositories to help balance the pH, but honestly, what the the thing that really got the yeast away, and what, like, if I start to,
0: say it again? Did the douches work? I've, like, never heard of that.
1: Yeah, like it, it took the itchiness away. Wow. It took the yeast away. Yeah, it really, it really worked. Um, but you have to follow it. So, so, here's what I discovered through this group and kind of like on my own as well, because I, I was taking an oral probiotic for so long and it didn't seem to be helping. And I, I tried like, I mean, I tried months of like not having sugar and carbs and like all of this stuff. Like, I tried everything and like nothing was working. And so what I realized through some research and through this group and through my holistic um, person that I was seeing is like the boric acid and the hydrogen peroxide, like they help get rid of the yeast, like even yeast cream, like it helps get rid of the yeast. But what the problem is, is it's getting also, it's getting rid of all of the good bacteria. And that's why the infections keep coming up. And the oral probiotic, the, um, Daily wasn't doing a good enough job of rebuilding the good probiotics. So then, what would happen is I'd stop those things and immediately get another yeast infection. So what I started doing is I would do, I w- I did the hydrogen peroxide cleanse. Um, I'd follow it with boric acid suppositories for seven to fourteen days, and then I would start um, putting. I then did like a probiotic suppository. I just got a probiotic. Yeah. And I stuck it up there Mm -hmm. and I did it for 14 days. And now what I do is like twice a week, I do a boric acid and a probiotic and I stick it up there and it has been a lifesaver.
0: Wow, yeah. So there's this amazing doctor of Eva Rahm, have you heard of her?
1: Mm -mm. She's
0: like this incredible gynecologist, but also she's a midwife and an herbalist. She's so cool. And so she on her website has like, Article all these articles on natural treatments for UTIs and yeast and BV and she recommends like you know a bunch of different herbs and whatnot but also a, a probiotic vaginally. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was it was just like it changed everything and I. But I just I,
0: want to I, say as a disclaimer, sorry for anyone listening to this. If this is something you're interested in, I would go to Aviva Ram's website personally and I would look at her articles because she details like what probiotic which strains it should have in it so i just want to make that like very clear
1: (laughs) yeah absolutely like don't listen to this and just go grab hydrogen peroxide and stick it up there like there's a specific way of like how to douche with it make sure like you don't have any allergies and like you said like do research on what probiotic absolutely like that's so important um And the really, like, I was in a relationship at the time where I discovered the hydrogen peroxide douching and the probiotic insert, and I had such a supportive partner to help with all of that. Like, it was so funny. He was like, hey, babe, do you need to do your hydrogen peroxide douche? You know, it's, like, so funny. Um, And then it kind of like through that relationship, like, like the first three months we really struggled because I had infections chronically and like pain, sex was painful. And, um, and then it started like easing up, but so the infection started easing up, but I was still having the bladder spasms. Um, I would eat something spicy or after sex, I would just get really tense and then I would have bladder pain. And I wasn't getting UTIs anymore. I just had this chronic like pain that the bladder pain for me it there was referral pain that was in my uh, vaginal canal. Like I just felt it's almost like shooting pain. And so I started going to see a pelvic PT. Um, and I found a woman who like was like the first time I had my appointment with her, I just sobbed. Like I just told my story and she was like, We're gonna get you better, Leanna And it was like so comforting to hear. And I like was paying out of pocket because my physical or my um my health insurance wouldn't cover it. And so I was just paying out of pocket because I was like, whatever, I've already spent thousands of dollars, like what you know, a few hundred more to like try something else. Like I was just so desperate and it was between the pelvic PT and the probiotic insert it just has changed my life
0: that's amazing I'm so happy to hear that I'm such a fan of pelvic PT for a lot of people not for everyone but um it really helped me too so I like that makes me so happy to hear I want you to share where everyone can listen to your podcast where people can contact you plug yourself
1: absolutely yes so our podcast is Hello and Goodbye. It's on all platforms. Um, and you can find us on Instagram at Hello and Goodbye Podcast. My personal account is at underscore Leanna Jones. And then everything that we do is on our website, www.HelloAndGoodbyePodcast.com. You can find our uh, Patreon account. You can find our episodes, our sponsors. All of our social media is all on the website
0: amazing thank you so much for being here and just for being so open and honest so thank you again and hopefully we'll talk soon
1: of course thank you so much for having me